Welcome to Seen It Before, where we're probably going to say something stupid about your favorite movie. I'm Danny. I'm Dan. And we don't have a guest this week, but no. we, we might have. So it's, it's always a question of Maybe, what, whether potentially, we'll have she's like, She came into the office and she's like, hey, I love you. We're not going to do the podcast. Yay. Okay. And I'm like, I, I guarantee it. I mean, yeah, it is a long movie. Yeah, it's a long that movie. We're watching. we're watching Inception this week. Yes. Uh, so it is, you know, a long movie. Christopher Nolan, 2010. It's, it's a time. This this movie is a whole trip, honestly. Yeah, like it's a trip and fall. Three, it's a trip within a trip within a trip. Oh my god! Oh my god! You are blowing my mind, man. Oh my god! But yeah, so we're um we'll get to all that usual stuff we got going on at some point. But first, where can you find us? We're seen it before. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok with the handle at seen it beforecast. We have uh, posts every week about. You know, teases of what's coming next on Friday, and we have we reveal what we watch that week on Sunday, along with the actual episode. And when we do actual movie reviews that are in theaters, uh, we release them on Fridays, the day they come out in theaters. Hopefully, most of the time we try we'll, to do that. We try to do that, yeah. Yeah, we try to do no our best. promises for everything though. <laughs> try no to guarantees. Our, yeah, to go to like the the preview night showings on Thursday night, then get an episode out as fast as we can. Yeah, just. Just so you guys have it in the back of your mind to listen to us talk about whatever shit we're going to talk about. Yeah. So there's going to be a lot of random shit. I <laughs> what? <laughs> well, if you if you followed movie drunks at all, yeah, yeah, yeah. We were drunk, but you know we still told stories and like random shit. Yeah, <laughs> I mean we'll probably of... still talk about random stuff, but we are going to do it in a more organized fashion. Okay. Organ- in a way, or I'll try. You, we'll try. We might get <laughs> off topic, but that's what I'm here for. I can just back yeah, the fuck like, on track. Yeah, you're on track. <laughs> you would always be like, "Okay, guys, let's 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 bring it back." <laughs> come on, come on, guys. Anyway, so let's. Uh, we gotta go to Inception now. So, uh, well, not go to. We're just gonna go watch it. Let's go do a podcast go inside a of a podcast, podcast inside of a podcast. How how the fuck are we gonna do that? We'll figure it out, bro. All right, let's get to it. And we are back in the studio recording room to do the, the podcast. I'm just staring at you and waiting <laughs> to see how long it takes you to like stop talking. <laughs> okay, so Inception. Um, I've seen this movie. This is, I think, my third time seeing this movie, and it's been a few years since I saw it last. Uh, yeah, I think it's my fourth. Uh, I haven't seen it in like five years, though. Yeah, it's probably been like three, four since I've seen it. Yeah. Um, I don't remember the last time I saw it, so that like it, this is a good time to watch it. Because um, I forgot the names of all of these people. <laughs> yeah, I knew I knew Cobb, I didn't know any and then Ariadne, just because that's a weird name. Um, but yeah, I forgot Saito and Arthur and uh, what's his name, Yusuf and Eames. Those are all like the the five, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Remember this time. <laughs> Go me. So if uh, speaking of the names here, uh, there's an in- interesting piece of trivia I found that I was like, oh, this is too good to pass up. Okay. So um, if you take the first letters of the main character's names, okay. Dom, Robert, Eames, Arthur, Mal, and Saito, spells dreams. dreams. And then uh, if you add Peter, Ariadne, and Yusuf, dreams pay. Dreams pay. Interesting. Um there's a lot of which weird is, stuff like yeah, that. Which is what they do for a mind thief. Like dreams pay. Yeah, they dream. Yeah. 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 That's, that's cool. That's it's very interesting, like how deep this movie is on I don't know if that was a straight coincidence or like Oh, I, I doubt it. I mean yeah. I mean the, <laughs> Christopher Nolan was writing this movie for eleven years. That's true. So and, and I remember he and I you know, if if anyone watched the uh the facts, the fun facts that we did before this movie. Yeah, in our socials. Uh, yeah, um, you can find that in socials. Yeah, um, they one of them was that Christopher Nolan spent eleven years writing this movie, and um, what was I, what was I going to say? Oh, he barely researched actual dreams. Yeah, like he just he just kind of like fucking went on went off on his own. Yeah, which, I mean, when doesn't he do that? First of all, true, like, true. Have you seen Interstellar? Have you seen um, <laughs> Tenet? Oh my God, Tenet! Jesus yeah, Tenet has Christ. its own rules. <laughs> yeah, but um, <laughs> yeah, like Christopher Nolan's like the like that Ron Swanson meme where it's like he shows up at Lowe's 
or Home Depot, and he's just like, "Hey, sir, how can I help you?" He's like, and Ron Swanson's just like, "I know more than you." <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, yeah, it's he's a uh, seems to be a very um, interesting man. Yeah, well, very Nolan-ish. That was dumb. <laughs> what? Okay, he's his own person. That's what I was gonna. You're your own person. He's his own breed of person. He's like the intellectual filmmaker. True. You know, he's like a David Fincher, but not as like gruesome. Yeah, the thinking man's director. That's a good point. Um, so let's start from the beginning of this movie. So we start off kind of at the end. Spoiler alert! Right, um, because we always had a loop, time loop, and shit. Yeah, because it's a Nolan movie, of course. <laughs> so yeah, Saito and um, Cobb at the end. We don't know what Saito if at the beginning of the movie is the old man. Yeah, um, but they. Have, they sort of explain it throughout the movie. It takes a few times of watching this movie to really get the fact that this, this movie is <laughs> this movie's dense. Yeah, and like, like I still haven't figured everything out. And I was looking up stuff on like different websites trying to get like a synopsis of this. And I was like, I don't want to read this anymore. Like, so fuck. <laughs> the the interesting thing about this movie is that like when I when I first watched it, I thought I got it. I'm just like, oh yeah, why? Do, I don't know oh, why everyone's. I get it. I get it. <laughs> you know, but I I didn't realize what people were saying when they said they had to rewatch it multiple times to really understand the story. They meant like, like logically in certain in certain, like extra questions that were that they brought up themselves that don't have anything to do with the story, but like are just interesting to like think about. So like, um, like one that I have that I always have when I watch this movie is. You just got to suspend your disbelief because there's no answer. Like, how do they share dreams? Oh, they just have a machine that can put everybody in the same dream. Mm-hmm. Like, I just ne- I never like that one too much because okay. it's just like, okay, whatever. Yeah, you got to find plot conveniences where you where you can, and it's where I, you know it's where I think the reason why he spent 11 years writing this movie is because he wanted to fill as many plot holes as he possibly could, but ultimately you're still gonna have some. You're always gonna have some. Yeah. Um, no, it's perfect. Not even Nolan. Yeah. Um, so back to that opening scene still. Um, I mentioned this while we were watching it, but um, when um, – so Saito wakes up before Cobb does. Right, And yeah. Cobb is in Saito's mind. <sighs> what? How does that even work? I have no fucking clue, bro. It, it, so there's a plot hole right away. Like that doesn't make any sense. Like, yeah, it was very empty, and then the water comes rushing in because he gets dunked. Mm-hmm. But like, how yeah. is he still in that realm? Shouldn't it just be like blank nothing? Like it should. There? It should be like just disappeared at that point. Like you, logically, because I mean, we, we don't know. Have there ever been? Do you know if there have ever been like group dreams together? I mean, I'm sure there are things like that, like where they where people can can genuinely say that like they experienced the same dream together and then they were interacting inside the dream. Like, I wonder if that was that's ever been a thing. Because if it is true, then we can see we could we can do that experiment where like we find out like oh, one person who's supposedly dreaming the dream. Well, actually, well, no, because that that's the internal logic of this movie is that somebody is the dreamer and everybody else is inside of that dream. Yes, instead of a like a. Kind of like instead of having like one like Google account where yeah. like there where like it has like like the business email like you know how G Suite works where like you have a bunch of individual Google accounts that share or that are into a group that's how we interact yeah that's how with, we do with it yeah G, with our Gmail yeah so seen it before at wascorp.com doesn't exist as an as a G, or a Google account it's a it's a it's an email that is attached to three different it's a chain yeah yeah so that's how we. I mean, that's how we interact, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that's that's how like dreams should work, or the, that's how they probably do if we were to have group dreams. But like, it's not the internal logic of this movie. So yeah, I don't know why Cobb is still in the dream then, if there is the dreamer is awake. It's, it's that's and I was looking, you know, I was trying to find out. I'm like, oh, that should be in like the trivia on IMDb or something, but it wasn't. It's like. Hmm. So maybe it just hasn't been explained or something. Yeah, or just it's just another, something like, that people accept as part of the movie. Yeah. yeah. I think that's what a lot of these like questions that are raised is it like, just go with it. It doesn't really mean anything, you know. Yeah, I guess. Because we got that cool moment with like the with the water hoses like coming into the windows and stuff. That's kinda of, that's a cool shot. So Yeah, yeah. It's that's one of <laughs> it's those shots. Dramatic. Man. It's dramatic. It's 
Yeah, it's well, whatever. Well, actually, works. don't they do it again? Um, don't they do it again with um with Cobb at the end when he's like he's the last one to wake up when they're in Fisher's dream? Oh yeah, but like if he's if Fisher's awake, the dream yeah. doesn't yeah. exist. Nothing right there. Yeah. yeah. So you just got to go with it, I guess. Like your conscious should not be like it. This movie makes its own rules, like all Nolan movies, and it's like. <laughs> You just got to accept it, like, as just being its own thing. And it's like, uh, I don't, I have too many questions. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, this movie does bring up a lot of questions. And one that I, I mean, one one of the most popular ones is, is Cobb dreaming at the end? Is he yeah. still, is he still asleep? Or is he still asleep? I, <laughs> Because there's a bunch of different theories that he is or he isn't, and, and there's it, a bunch of different there's stuff. The whole thing where he didn't want to look at his kids when he was back in that uh, back with Maul at the end. So like, then he looks at his kids. Like that's the first thing he does. Cause he's like, "Oh, I'm not dreaming anymore." And then it's just yeah. like, "Are you?" <laughs> yeah. Well, because the the we don't know. Like the last shot, obviously, it's, is the totem. It does the whoop, it, it wobbles a little goes, bit, but it, but we don't know for sure if it drops or not. No. So. I think that he's still dreaming. Okay. Because so there's a lot of there's a lot of um con- evidence to the contrary that he's not dreaming because every somebody noticed um inside in the movie um whenever he's dreaming or whenever he's not whenever he's dreaming he has his wedding ring on. Okay. Um and we see that proven time and time again in throughout the movie. So whenever he's dreaming he has the ring, whenever he's not dreaming he doesn't. Okay. At the end of the movie he doesn't have the ring. So that would lead one to believe, oh, he's not dreaming. This is real life. Uh-huh. He he made it through customs, you know, and that's something that Cobb would never dream of because he didn't know, he wouldn't know the circumstances. That's another one that I saw people bring up. But his kids look exactly the same, same. as he remembered them. Yeah. Like the same it, haircut, same size, same age. It never says how long time has passed since any of this happens. So like that is also never established. Right. Like he says it's been he can still see himself as the same. He could be older too. Like they said, like, oh, we grew old together in that dream. Like there was that shot of them old walking down the hallway together or, right. or that corridor. And yeah, the, well they, they, they were in the they were in limbo together for fifty yes, years. Yes. Um but yeah, like in real life it just goes down the rabbit hole because what if Maul was right and they were actually still dreaming when they supposedly woke up? Yeah, you know it's it's all it's all a mind fuck, man. This whole movie is a mind fuck. Most Nolan movies I watched, except Batman, are mind fucks. So I mean, yeah, because <laughs> I mean, yeah, he does his own thing with Batman, but like that's adapted. You can't really like yeah go too far off the rails. People be like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, because um, people are fans are very touchy when that when it comes to that sort of thing. Admittedly, we, I yeah, am we'd be the same way. Uh, so yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's just it's all it's all very interesting, and um, you know it's <laughs> so back into the actual movie though. Instead of the instead of the theories though, um, I love this bit with Cobb shooting everyone and then catching the bullet and then catching the body to stay covert, kind of like not to alarm the subconscious. Yeah, it's like a cool little detail that they included. In uh, there. He has to. I mean, like they're like. Your subconscious be like, what the fuck's up? What's going on? <laughs> yeah, they'd be start like, look at you. They'd be, yeah, they start looking around. Well, that's what also that brings you back. Also, Arthur's a little creepy because, um, yeah, but you know that one scene I'm talking about where he's like, where he kisses yeah, Elliot when he kissed, he's like, eh, worth a shot. A little creepy. Yeah, when he kissed Elliot, that was weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, well, it backfired on him because now he kissed the dudes. So. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, I mean, whatever. It's Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> My f- real first note was like, well, age caught up to Leonardo DiCaprio. Because <laughs> yeah. he looks so young, even when they probably filmed this in 2008, 2009. Like, yeah. he looks so much younger than he does 11 years later. Like, now, well, 12 years later now. Yeah. I, I just saw Don't Look Up. And um, he, he, yeah, he looks. Looks pretty old now. Looks old. Or he looks his age. I'll say he, that. Yeah. He's, he's getting up. He's in his 50s. So, I mean, like. He's in his 50s? Thing. Oh my god! He's got. He's been acting. Since okay, and admittedly, he okay. Maybe he doesn't look his age. He looks like ten years younger than his age. But like compared to now, he he's definitely aged or back then compared to back then. Yes. 
Because, um, you know, he, he he always had kind of like boyish looks until he was like 40, I guess. Yeah. And now, he, now he's not, you know. He's not 50 yet. He's going to be 50 in two years. But, yeah, so he's 48. 48. Yeah. <clears throat> um. So, yeah, no, he, he looks so, yeah, about he, his age. He was like 40 then. Yeah. That's see he That's, he looks like thirty. Yeah, see, I mean he good skin. The Hollywood skin. Yeah, the, the baby blood skin. Oh my god. That's what yeah. they do, Dan. Yeah, yeah. I knew you were gonna say that. <laughs> um <laughs> back to this movie. Anyway, that was just one off topic note I had. Um let's see. So one of the theories that you mentioned, I'm not sure if we mentioned it on the podcast yet or not. We haven't mentioned any theories really yet. Okay, so, so you didn't you say one of the theories was uh, this is a prequel to the Matrix? Yes, that is one of the ones I mentioned. Um, oh no, sorry. Inception, yeah, Inception is a prequel to the Matrix. So sometimes after this is Reddit, so take with a grain of salt. It's Reddit. Um, <clears throat> so sometime after the events of Inception, the technology used um, to induce lucid dreaming could be made for recreational use to the public. Okay, so Matrix, um, and. They and then become they get, so happy in their dreamy toys, they spend most of their lives living in that state. Right. And um, eventually the human race starts to dwindle, and common futuristic machinery begins to improve in intelligence, basically running the show themselves, and humans continue to dream. Okay. That's basically the, the gist of it. I'm going to blow up that theory right now. <laughs> okay. With, um, with this one simple line. Um the only reason this doesn't match up too well to being a prequel to The Matrix is that you die in the dream, you wake up, which is the opposite of The Matrix. If you die in The Matrix, you die in real life because the body cannot live without the mind. Boom. Mm. Blew up that theory. Sorry, Reddit, you suck. That big scene, like when he's first introducing Ariadne to the, the dream stuff. Um, yeah, the big exposition. That big exposition scene with the, all the yeah. CGI, not CGI. I don't know how much was CGI, how much was practical, like all the boxes exploding, all the other stuff that was there. That was crazy. Yeah, so my only theory is uh, what they could have, or they what I would have done if yeah. I were them. I would have um, filmed Leonardo DiCaprio and Elliot Page on a green screen. Yeah. Them sitting in a bunch, get a bunch of different angles on them with the, with like put like the little markers on the green screen to like to kind of get like perspective, right? Um, then film the, at the same angles at at the like in real life at the uh, at the 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 bodega, and um, have a bunch of slow motion cameras capture the explosives at um, at the same time. So mm-hmm. you have like like really high like ten thousand frames per second cameras all capturing in one explosion at, at one time. And then that way you can speed ramp it at the same time. And, but then still have Leonardo DiCaprio and Elliot page in, in regular time on the green screen. That's how I would do it. I think that's yeah. how they, that's how they, do I mean, it. that would make sense. Um, it's, that's a hell of a task to even like, because if it was practical. I mean, nowadays you would just do CGI. Yeah. But if it's practical, then that's you how probably would still would do CGI. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Christopher Nolan loves his his practicality stuff. I mean, yeah, it looks fantastic. Yeah, it Plus, does. Like this whole movie looks fantastic with all the practical effects they did. Yeah. Um yeah, like um lots of slow motion and like intense slow motion. Almost to the point where it gets it gets annoying to me where it's like it didn't get annoying to me. Well, I mean like in how slow everything's moving. Oh. Not not like the the amount of it, like just how slow because like <laughs> When Cobb, like specifically when Cobb gets thrown into the tub, you know how, you know what I mean? Like it takes like so long for him to like, to to just fall into the tub. I mean, the same thing with the van. It's just the, what going into at the end. It just gets so annoying to me because it's like, I know what's going to happen. And so we don't need this on screen for more than like five seconds. But it's cinematic. It's cinematic. (laughs) And that brings us to the other theory of, is this movie um a metaphor for filmmaking uh yeah i definitely think it is and i pulled up a uh because it was confirmed by christopher nolan um i i pulled up this article so um they have kind of nicknames for everybody so um arthur's the point man ariadne is the architect yep um eames is the forger um and robert fisher is the mark and then um cobb is the extractor 
Yeah. So all these are like kind of just terms for different different things in filmmaking. And for example, so point man, producer. So Arthur's the producer. Architect is the screenwriter. Um, oh, no, no, no. Production designer. Sorry, my bad. Because she creates every setting. Forger is the actor because um, he's the one tasked with impersonating others in the dream, like becoming a different person. Oh. Um, and the, interest, the most interesting one, I think, is Robert Fisher, the mark, because he's the audience. Huh. I thought that was really yeah, cool. It's his, yeah, it's his dream. I mean, yeah, I thought it was really cool yeah. to include. And then obviously the extractor Cobb, he's the director because he's calling all the shots. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I get in a way it is like that's part of the theory. I think. I mean, is there more to it, or is it just that essentially? I think it was just just to you know just to say that there there's like little there's theories that like that that's just one theory of like the the calling the shots or who's who's like the person being who because i remember watching a watch mojo video forever Ew, ago I'm sorry yeah i know i don't like them anymore um <laughs> they they had this theory and they said that eames was the screenwriter because of that one scene where he has the the um uh grenade launcher it, where you know so like arthur's trying to shoot at the bad guys with his regular M- ar and um cob or uh Eames comes in with a grenade launcher. He's like, you mustn't be afraid to dream a little bigger, darling. And, you know, so people, they said that was like the screenwriter because he could dream up different things. I mean, yeah, but it It fits. Theoretically, it fits, yes. Yeah. So there's a a bunch of different kind of, you know, they plug them in in different areas. I think think the only ones that stay common are the mark and um, the extractor, director, and audience. So that just makes sense. So, yeah. So... How does the uh, how does the structure of this film work, Danny? Do we want to get into a little structure one on one? Structure one on one. Yeah. Welcome to Structure One Hundred and One with your host, Danny Wass. It me. So, Structure One Hundred and One, uh, Act One, Exposition. Um, we get a feel for who Cobb is as a character, his situation, his occupation, and the premise of the movie, which is going to be, um, you know, like Inception is is a thing. Where we can accept, or we're going to be dealing with dreams and stuff, right? Yeah, dreams inside of dreams inside of dreams inside of dreams. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, they set up like the the layers, the layers. right? Right, right the, in the beginning, the layers, the layers, layers, ogres, ogres have layers. Uh, the inciting incident is Saito hires Cobb to incept his business rival. Makes sense. That's yeah. where we kind of get the plot going. Um, then the plot to point one is Ariadne is introduced. She's the um, audience character. But you, but not to get confused with earlier, what I was talking about with the um, uh, Fisher being the Mark, who is the audience in the movie. Ariadne is the the character that we latch onto as an audience, getting all the exposition thrown at us. Yeah. Then we start Act Two. Um, start of Act Two, they just assemble the team and they begin the heist, which is when they get on the plane. So yeah. most of um, the beginning of Act Two is just we screenwriters call it fun and games. Yes. And that's kind of like them testing out their theories, getting the exposition out of the way, establishing the team and stuff. So mm-hmm. that's kind of glossed over. Um, then we have a first complication um, where Fisher's mind has security against an attack where we play. Oh no, now we have a twist. So now the stakes are higher, you know? Yeah. Then we have the midpoint where Cobb convinces Fisher that he's, he's the good guy and Fisher joins the team to break into his own subconscious. That's so funny. And I, I wrote I wrote in one of my notes, this guy's getting cucked so hard in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he's going through like a, a, a mountains of emotional abuse and trauma and just getting through this all in, like on a plane ride <laughs> by these random <laughs> people the, he doesn't by know. By the end, he's just like... <laughs> yeah, he's just like so disturbed afterwards. What the fuck? <laughs> um, the second complication though, um, Arthur has the fight um, in the elevator and he starts to kick. So, you know, now we're starting to kind of get out of the, the, the depth of, you know, you know how like the hero's journey works where we go into the depths of hell. That's what they call it. Yes. Yeah. So we're kind of on our way out now. Um, but our listeners might not know exactly what that is. Basically. All right. So basically so, there's, so there's four quadrants to a, to a story. Hero's journey. The hero's journey. There's the first, first quadrant, which is in top, right. Where that's like we begin our journey, we begin our journey kind of breaking out of the normal world, and then we br- cross the threshold into a new world. Um, then we go to the bottom half um, of the of the in the bottom right. Um, that is the start of hell, 
basically. So it's a new world that we're not introduced or that we're, we're getting introduced to, and we're learning the the ropes and stuff. Yes, yeah, funny games, funny games, right? And it, but then we get to a, a midpoint where it's at the lowest that we've ever been. Typically, in this movie, it's not really it's not really that clear. Yeah, it's, um, yeah. but like something like, um, like the Matrix, um, you know, for lack of a better term, um, at the the uh, midpoint is when Cipher betrays the crew. Right, yeah. that's like the worst thing that could happen, or it flips at, everything on its head. Yeah. So that's the midpoint, and then now we're on our the bottom left, um, where we're kind of coming up out of that, where we're returning to the new world, but we're we're learning things along the way. Then we have third act break climax, um, where that basically everything comes to a to a head. We get. Um, the final battle. We get the final battle. Yeah, we yeah. get we get revelations and stuff, yeah. and then we return to our to the new world or the old world, have with having been a new person now. Yes. So that's the hero's journey in a nutshell. I did really, I did a really horrible job explaining it. But Not really. <sighs> I understood it. <laughs> yeah. Um. But then we have um plot point two in Inception. So now we're back on the Inception structure one on one. Yes. Um. Which is the lowest point. Um. Fisher is killed by Maul. Um, Cobb enters limbo and they go after, uh, he goes after Saito. So this is like the all is lost moment where like, we don't know what the fuck we're going to do now. So then they, you know, they, they think of a new idea. Like Ariadne thinks of a new idea. Yep. Got to go into. Yeah. 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 Then we start act three. Fisher believes the inception was his own idea, concluding that inception does work. That's the main thing. Um, there's a bunch of revelations like Cobb gets over his. Um, guilt of Maul being or committing suicide, basically. Yeah. Um, and then we have the re- resolution where everyone wakes up and finishes, or well, I wrote in quotes, wakes up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we don't know if they wake up. We don't know for sure. Um, and then they wake up on the fl- on the plane and they finish the plane ride and then Cobb sees his family. And that's the end of the movie. So, yeah. And would you say we just did a cut in within a cut in right there? Oh, yeah, we did do a cut in with a cut in. Yeah, yeah, it yeah, makes yeah, sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And that was Structure 101 with your host, Danny Wass. That was me. So here's something I wanted to bring up um, regarding Eames as a character. Um, I think he's the most interesting character in this movie um, because he can literally become other people. Um, you know, I think he play, he's kind of like the wild card or like the trick card that, that um, Cobb tends to use um, in this movie. And I don't, we just don't know too much about him. You know what I mean? And I think he's so cool because he has, he's the only person with a sort of dream power. Like, kind of like how Nightmare on Elm Street 3 had. Yeah. Where, like, um, well, I think Kristen could pull people into the dreams. Kincaid was, like, super strong. Nancy was, I don't know what Nancy had, but, um, oh, one kid was a wizard master. Anyway, <laughs> that's a different movie. But Eames is the only one who can change into people. And, like, I don't know. They mentioned something like Yusuf is the chemist, but that's just because in real life he can literally concoct a chemical that makes people sedated. Oh. Okay. So, like, nobody else has a dream power. I just thought that was interesting. Like, it could have been so cool if, like, Cobb had, like, like he could, like, for, or like he could, like form, like, weapons out of his body or some shit. Like, I don't know. Yeah, maybe just a different kind of process, like, brain processing that can do that. Maybe different kinds of brains. Like, his is more artistic yeah that could be it maybe i don't i don't know that might be going in a whole different direction but yeah i mean <clears throat> yeah i just um, thought it was really cool and like they it's like an aspect that nolan kind of a missed opportunity in my opinion nolan could have definitely gone down that down that route a little more yeah or like left brain versus right brain type of thing yeah do stuff like that play yeah. around with like the psychology but it also would help if you did research <laughs> if you don't research what you're writing about. no i'm right <laughs> yeah he's <laughs> He's eagle got ahead of him there, so I mean, if 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 that's if that's right, I'm not I'm not completely sure if that's right. Cause we got that what from IMDb, right? Yeah, yeah. So we've been wrong before, as <laughs> yeah, yeah. as we've been painfully aware of. Yeah. Um. <laughs> all right. Last theory I got. Um. So Inception could be a sequel to Shutter Island. I like this theory. and because Cobb is actually Teddy from Shutter Island. After he's, well, lobotomized at the end, his newly blended brain constructs a fictional reality where he continues to fixate on his dead wife and kids. I love this idea. It's a really cool, like... I love it. Because yeah. it, it 
<clears throat> it can actually can in a way confirm a theory that I have with this movie where is Mal right about being still being in a dream? Well, technically, technically yes. Yeah. And a lobotomized brain would have a bunch of inconsistencies with dreaming. For example, having a wedding ring in one setting and then not having a wedding ring in another one. Yep. Confusing whoever may be wanting to look at that projection or I don't know. But that that would make a lot of sense. And, and they both came out the same year too. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. 2010. You think um, Scorsese and Nolan like shared like, notes or whatever? Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's, it's kind of cool to think about like how that would like work. <laughs> um, I'm just kind of looking at the producers, seeing if he was on a producer list there. No, he was not. Okay. No, damn. Probably not. Rip. <laughs> that would have been fun. That would have been just like Scorsese. You coll- collab? What are you doing here, what bro? You... Um, <laughs> no, I was going to see if Nolan collabed on uh, Shutter Island. That's what I was looking for. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, probably not. He's usually like a like a solo guy. Yeah. There's only like the only guy I know that he teams up with is Wally Fister. He's who's always his DP usually. Yes, yes. But like I don't think he was on Tenant. I think he had like a scheduling conflict or something. Somebody else. I don't, I don't know too much about Tenant. And we reviewed that one too. Uh, that was That was that, our, that was our first review. Can you believe that? It was our first review of a movie in theaters, yes. Yeah. It was the first movie I saw like after the pandemic. Yeah, it was in theaters. Well, yeah, <laughs> uh, it was. I fell asleep. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah. It, well, we watched it again. Didn't we, we watch watched it again? again? I, I did. I liked it a little more. That's remember. It's such a loud movie. Like, there's so yeah. much. That's another thing I wrote down. Like, Nolan always wins the damn sound awards for like sound editing and mixing. I don't know why because it's actually. It's actually known that like it's bad mixing. Yeah, because you if you can't hear the dialogue, that's bad mixing. That's just a definition of bad mixing. <laughs> so I don't know why he wins these awards. I think it's just because he has that. He got name. that pull. Yeah, he's got that pull. But like, fucking, that's just I, like he was criticized for when for like the Bane voice in Dark Knight Rises because mm-hmm. nobody could hear him. <laughs> You know what Tom I mean? Hardy. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! <laughs> I was wondering what would break first, your or uh, what is it? Your spirit or your body? Oh my god! <laughs> See, I mean, like, uh, whatever. And we're not going there. But, we're not going to Dark Knight Rises right now. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that might be. No, no, I think Interstellar is his worst movie. Easily. No, no, dumb. Um, maybe Dunkirk. I did not like Dunkirk. Don't tell that to Sep. Yeah, no, she likes Dunkirk. Yeah, I just never. I, just didn't. I, I mean, you know, I don't like it either. I don't. I don't like war movies. So, oh right, yeah, yeah. and that was World War One specifically too. So, <laughs> except I actually kind of liked the King's Man. So. Yeah, <laughs> right. It's, it's the King's weird. Man is really good. And like, I I read, listened to another podcast and they just shit all over it. Yeah, it's like, hey, I had no expectations going into that movie. Yeah, so like that's that kind of helped it. I think. Yeah. Um. It's. It was, anyway, it was we, good. Yeah, people need to get their heads out of their asses. It was good. Yeah, it was better than the second one. <laughs> yeah, second one wasn't too good. Um, let's see. <laughs> so I, something that I, you know, I'm kind of getting really deep here with all these theories and stuff. But something that I kind of question is um, if Maul was. So let's say that Maul was right about still being in a dream and. This mo- did first of all did this whole movie actually happen or not actually happen? Was it just like as we might have theorized it was part of Teddy's lobotomized brain? Um, but what also what does that mean for what does this movie say about life and death and like the simulation theory? I was I was thinking that the whole time too. Yeah, like there's these little things that they kind of implant in this movie that you just kind of think of. It's like. Wow, this movie's deep. <laughs> this movie's real deep. And yeah. it's like, I, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> anyway, keep going with your simulation thing. Well, I'm, I'm just wondering, like, you know, like, is, is this movie going to, like, I mean, it obviously didn't, but um, could this movie inspire people to commit suicide out of pure curiosity? 
of I mean, because like I'm I'm be lying if I said I wasn't curious. So like, yeah, yeah. What happens when we die? I'm not gonna everybody. I'm not gonna do it. But like, yes, yes, yeah. I, I know you're not. <laughs> but like, yeah, this is gonna be something we talk about more on um, another movie we're gonna be doing later on this season, The Truman Show, because like living in a simulation type of thing. Yeah, um, that movie's gonna be fucked it's up, be wild. <laughs> but. <laughs> Uh, yeah, like, what happens when you die? Like, yeah, you know, religion, yada, yada. Then there's also, like, the people who are like, uh, yeah, we are living in the Matrix, or we're living in, like, a a video game. <laughs> or, yeah. like, nobody else around us is real except us. It's, like, conscious or whatever. Right, well, that's that's the theory I wanted to... So, like, I actually kind of came to that theory on my own one day, where, like, stupid cat. <laughs> I came to that theory on my own one day where I'm thinking like I know my experiences in life right now are happening like with, through me like through my perspective through my eyes when I go to sleep and I wake up every morning I'm still the same person right so that makes me think is everybody else experiencing the same thing or are they just projections or like of you know, your of my subconscious, subconscious right you know so it's like is this a message right now for my subconscious that's that's so interesting to me because it's like, what if it, you know? And like, I, I imagine somebody who who is mentally ill would, if they were thinking like that, could come to the conclusion, oh, I just need to kill myself to wake up. Yeah, I mean, if and, you're stuck in that subconscious for 50 years and you don't know what's real and you locked yourself away from what is real, like, dude. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Like, like, I wonder, did they go to sleep in limbo? Because if they did. That's another good point. If if they went to sleep, then then that would be like erasing the line right there. Yeah, because the second you go to sleep in limbo, like where do you go? You don't. You, do you go, do you stay in limbo, or do you, or do you like reset the day, or like what the fuck happens? You know what I mean? They can make anything happen. Yeah, literally, it's a dream, dude. Like it, they can it's literally so construct anything they want. That's where they start taking from real life, and then when he's talking to uh, Arya. Ariana, Ariana, yeah. Actually, Ariana. Ariana. <laughs> Ariana. <laughs> when he was talking to Ariande and like saying, don't take things from real life because it's gonna, you're going to not be able to tell what's real and what's fake. That's a whole other thing. And it's like, ooh, yeah. Mm, yeah. Interesting. But Well, you brought, you brought up um, religion. Yes. Um, so I, I, my theory is that like religion is kind of like a coping mechanism for like just people in regular life, like where do we go at when we die? Oh, well, you go to heaven and you get, you know, you get to you know, every every religion has some sort of heaven and hell, or I think um, reincarnation. Yes, reincarnation is another one. Yeah, heaven, hell, reincarnation. <laughs> Lights out. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, is there um, any religion that just says you just? It's just like you go to sleep. I don't think so. Yeah. But I mean, it's a little dark. Atheism. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, because that's that's my theory. Where it's like, I think I think when you die, um, or at least I, I I'm not sure what I believe anymore. But I used to think when when you die, you it's just going to sleep, and the only reason um, the only reason you knew that you were asleep was because you woke up the next day, and but you didn't dream, and everything mm-hmm. was just black. Well, you, I, you ever have one of those days where you just go to sleep and you don't, you don't dream or anything, and you just wake up the next day? That's me every day. You don't I, dream? I don't dream, dude. You're so weird. <laughs> it's so yeah. weird, dude. Dude, I don't. Like, it's weird. I so Every once in a while, I will. But it it takes a lot, man. Like, most of the time, I'm just, I'm just out. <laughs> just, like, wow. passed out. Wow. I also, uh, yeah, it's weird. I, I don't know. I always have some sort of something happening. Even if it's, like, a little tiny dream. Like, I always have something going on. I think I only remember, like, two times in my entire life where I didn't do that. Where like one one time specifically, um, I was like, like my friend slept over and we like we had just gone back from like a like a concert or whatever, and um, I just remember falling asleep on my bed like sideways. <laughs> um, maybe that was it. Maybe I was just maybe because I was sleeping sideways, but that like made it so like I didn't dream that night and it was like an instant like just like a snap like I just woke up. The next the next morning and everything was fine. Yeah, so it was it was really weird. But that's the only time I can really remember that it ha- that happened. Yeah, I got two weird dreams. Like, well, I mean, there's the dream that everybody has where pulling teeth, like when you're losing your teeth, where that I hate those dreams. Like they 
That's never happened to me specifically. Really, you've never had like a dream where like you're losing your teeth and you can like feel them being like ripped out or like not ripped out, but like you can feel them falling out. It's weird. Uh, I hate yeah. that. It's we- I don't know why it happens, but it happens sometimes. Um, or I know when I was a kid, like maybe six or seven, I know I was like really dead tired one day. I just like, bam, passed out, like hit my head on the pillow, woke up the next day instantly. It was crazy. I was like, whoa. Oh, that's crazy. Like, whoa. <laughs> that was crazy. Like yeah. I, I don't think I dreamed it all. I dreamt it all, but it's <laughs> like, never happened. It hasn't happened since, and yeah. I I don't know why it even happened, but it was crazy. That's weird, man. So like eight hours just went by. Like, like that's that. so cool. that's so cool. Well, like uh, in my opinion, that kind of feels like like that would wouldn't it like save you time? Like, I mean, not literally, but like it would it would it would kind of feel like. It, it would. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. But like whenever, whenever I go to sleep, it always like, I would waking up. I feel like that would be. It would be easier to wake up, like kind of get ready for the day when if that happens if you didn't dream. Yeah. Because you're not kind of like still like halfway in that zone and you just kind of just happens. Yeah. You're you know? not in REM sleep or whatever. Um. Yeah. yeah. It's. Is that true REM sleep though? Yeah. Because like that's like you're it's just like deep sleep, deep out. sleep. Yeah. Like. Yeah. It takes it like an hour or two for you to actually enter REM sleep, and usually if you come out of it, like it's hard to get back into it. Like if you wake up in the middle of the night, so that's why you always wake up groggy or something. If you wake up in the middle of the night, um, yeah, I hate that. I hate when I take a nap. You ever wake up? Like, you like, must have. If you take too long of a nap, that's why like they only say to take like thirty minute naps or ten to thirty minute naps or something yeah, like that. Power naps and yeah, stuff. If you take like a four hour nap, you're just fucked. Yeah, <laughs> next yeah. Day. That definitely happened to me. Like, like when our I good old podcast uh, guest Joe Garcia, who decides to take four hour naps in the middle of the day, or go to in bed the middle at two, of the day, or go to bed at two a.m. every night. <laughs> oh my god! And wake up at three thirty. Uh, uh, he wakes up at three. <laughs> He wakes up at three. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he sleeps for an hour. Some days, man. Oh my god! Like that. That man. He's a machine, man. That's <laughs> all my button. Yeah, insomnia's a bitch. Yeah, um, I think I've had insomnia once, but it didn't last too long. No, it's not something you can have. It's something you actually have. Like every time you go to sleep or you try to go to sleep, like you can actually fall asleep relatively easily, right? Like for the most part. Relatively, but there's been a few times where like I just couldn't go. That's to That's just because you're thinking, like that's yeah, probably yeah. It, man, but it's like a le- like a legit like chronic disease. Yeah, like you're you can be diagnosed with it and stuff, and it just takes so much for you to go to sleep because your mind is either always thinking or it's just like even when you're not thinking, you're just trying to fall asleep, you just can't, and then eventually you do. But like it, yeah, it doesn't yeah. Help. So you gotta stop. You gotta like stop your brain. It's it's yeah, it sounds it's, awful. It's interesting. But yeah, I mean, so back to back to Inception. <laughs> okay, um, yeah, we got that a was big weird. tangent there. Um, I wonder if Maul's death led to the establishment of totems. Yeah, because like, was it, do we know makes, if that was a theory or that was like a, established beforehand? Well, when did he establish? When did he make this crew? I mean, that was after Maul's death, obviously. So like, yeah, he must have been like, you all need a totem to. Figure out when you know you're like in the real world and awake. Yeah. So something significant to you, like his, was the 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 little drail thing. Yeah, the dreidel thing. Then, um, which some people theorize that it was that his actual totem is his wedding ring because of the whole theory. Yeah, between, yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. And then Joseph Ward Levitt's character Arthur. Yeah. Arthur uh, had the die, so mm-hmm. I don't know how he would have realized that. I don't know how that works, but well, oh, he probably just chose the die. Like, it could so be arbitrary like that. But, like, for – so for Cobbs, like, he has to spin it to make sure he, it's in real life. But, like – Oh, he says something did, about the weight of it. Oh, the weight. That's right. Yeah. That's right. No, wait. I, I didn't catch any other totems. I know there are others in there. But, like – Yeah, I, I, I forgot. Ariadne probably <laughs> picked one, but, like, I, I remember her – or she picked one, but I don't remember what Oh, what's what his face is um, – uh, Cillian Murphy's character, I can't remember his name now. Um, he, his uh, was that Fisher. Yeah, Fisher. His was that uh, that flag from his dad, wasn't it? Like oh, the same, pinwheel, the pinwheel thing. Yeah, yeah that that was his. I guess. Cool. I guess. Or it became I think, his. I think that was. I think that was just like a symbol of like, like his childhood or something like that. Like that was him him giving himself like a pass to. 
to break up the. Th- I'm not sure if that was a totem or not. Yeah, I don't know what that was about. That was see, it's that's really metaphorical. Part. You see, that's another thing I don't get. Like, what was that point of that? Like, I. Uh, so mm-hmm. I I can't. I've seen this movie four times now, and I still can't decide whether or not it's sad or happy that he breaks up his father's legacy. Like, because I don't, I don't, I guess I'm not good at reading what that interaction. So like he says, I'm, I'm, I'm not disappointed that you didn't live up to me. I'm disappointed that you tried. And that to me sounds like a, like a sad line. Like, like, like your man, my dad's a dick and it would make sense because that's coming from his literal subconscious. Mm-hmm. This is literally what he thinks of his father. Mm-hmm. So that seems to me like a bad line, but I'm not sure. But it's played like it's a like a happy line. Metaphors, man. Metaphors. <laughs> so crazy. And then like he has emotional catharsis. Like they say it in the in the middle of the movie. They're like, um, Eames said like this man this man's um, relationship with his father was way more fucked up than I thought it was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then and then they said that's a good thing because more emotional th- catharsis. And I'm like, okay. So that emotional catharsis, yeah, it does look really powerful towards the end, but like is is it like a happy catharsis or like is it like being it, it's kind of like the whiplash thing where we're like where the father um was like I wasn't sure if the father was happy or sad that Andrew was with w- Fletcher now. Yeah. It's kind of that like same thing where like I'm not sure what is going on with with Fisher at that moment. I don't know what's going on in his head. I think he's confused as well. He just doesn't know what to think. I mean, I he's probably in the same boat. He's like, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's, I think it's less. Conf- ironically, it's less confusing for him than it is for us because he just thinks that he broke into his dad's partner's yes subconscious. He doesn't realize it's literally his own subconscious. Yeah, no. <laughs> so, yeah, that's true. Oh. You're getting, all, I can see you getting all like, what the fuck's happening? My like, mind is broken. Yeah, we would. Was, <laughs> this has been like the most intellectual, weird ass conversation we've had on this podcast. It, oh my god! <laughs> and of course, it was Inception. Of course, of course, it's Inception. Of course, it's Nolan. And of course, it's like my bedtime. So <laughs> um, it, it, it's just a combination of things right now. <laughs> um, it's my bedtime. It's my bedtime. <laughs> um, but yeah, do you want to give the ratings on this one? Uh, yes. I don't, I mean, I don't have anything else to say necessarily for my notes. Um, yeah, this movie, <laughs> third time watching it, uh, it, it, it's still rewatchable every time. I catch new things every time. I yeah. mean, this is the first time I actually did research on the movie, too. Like, during the movie, I was looking up things. I'm like, okay, trying to follow along. Trying to, okay, that's this, that's that. Like, okay. Yeah. Um, so I'm putting more things together as like with each rewatch. And there, there are parts of this movie that just don't need to be there. But, I mean. Yeah, there's a few. Yeah, there's like. I feel bad. Like, for example, the first, the guy, the first architect guy. Yeah. You know, he just gets taken off the helicopter. We never see him again. No. We don't know what the fuck happens to him. And <laughs> I think it's real shitty for that to guy, first of all, be included. Um, yeah. He could have just not had the architect. You could have just had Cobb be the architect or whatever in the beginning, or Arthur even. Like, what's he doing? Well, he's unstable as shit, so I don't think they want him as the architect. Um, yeah. Don't, don't have Cobb, but maybe Arthur, though. Yeah, maybe he, he would have been okay. But like they don't know how good he was though. Like I think they mentioned something where he wasn't. As oh right. Yeah. I don't know if they mentioned it, but they might have. Uh, I, th- I think I remember something like that. Yeah. Yeah, but it's a great, it's a really well made movie. Um, it's of course <sighs> Nolan just being uh, superior to everybody else um, intellectually. Yeah, I mean he's uh, kind of <laughs> he's kind of the mainstream director that everyone knows right now. Yeah. Other than what Scorsese, Tarantino, Tarantino, yeah, those are like the big three that are working right now. James Gunn, James, I don't the think Russo James Brothers. Gunn is in the zeitgeist as much as Russo Brothers. Same thing, Russo Brothers. I think they're just Marvel. You know, mm-hmm. they're not known as like directors. They're just known as the Marvel guys, right? Fair point. Fair point. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna give this movie a uh, eighty-seven. 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 Yeah, I'm gonna go a little lower, like eighty-two. Yeah. Because watching this for the fourth time, there's a lot of shit that just isn't explained. Yeah. But maybe 
at the same time that's like meant to be interpreted and stuff. Yeah, so you can have some douchey explanation like that. But I like my answers answered. Well, it definitely <laughs> makes for good conversation because I think that's another thing he probably wanted is like people talk about this movie and be like, okay, what happened? Like this, like what we're doing, like talking on a podcast about this movie. Yeah. Like it, there's so many other different conversations that we can have about this movie that don't even relate to the movie. Like what we have with like the life dream, and death the and dreams, stuff, yeah. life and death, like so many other yeah things like that. So yeah, that's where the movie succeeds, but where it fails is actually in execution. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a lot of areas because you have suspension of disbelief. You just kind of have to go with it, even though this movie yeah. wants you to look into certain things, but not these things over here, like the machine, like where they all dream together. Yeah. Um, and the exposition dumps are very like they feel very first drafty to me even though I know this movie is written 11 years in, in the process. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it just, um, and the sound mixing, <laughs> you know, it's a lot of technical aspects that just kind of fall short in a lot of aspects. But um, I think the premise and um, experience of this movie makes it, makes it worthwhile. So that's why it's not like a failing grade or anything, but 82 is where I'm going to land on that one. So, Yeah. yeah. All right, so we are Seen It Before. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok with the handle at Seen It Beforecast. That's S-C-E-N-E, because, uh, you know, movies. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm Dan. Um, you can also find me on Instagram with the handle at DanTheDonutMan1. I post concert concert photos, uh, not music reviews, but I kind of, like, reviewed. I reviewed music a while ago, like bands and, you know, top 25 songs, you know, whatever. I did. I'm gonna start doing some movies, like my top ten movies of the year. We got, we all got that coming up soon. Yeah, at some that's point. Good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm Danny. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Danny underscore Was or my YouTube channel, which is just Danny Was. Um, I haven't posted in a long time. Yeah. Like I think my last post on Instagram was like taking your idea with like the bands and ranking them. I think you did it, it like it, once. Yeah, it was just ranking all the Star Wars movies. Yeah, you did. Yeah. yeah. That was like my last post on Instagram. That was like a year ago. Hey, something like that. Yeah. But um I'm thinking about maybe starting up my YouTube channel again. Uh you I, ha- say that. I have a few ideas. Um it's just it depends if I want to like get in front of a camera and like if you speak had time. Again. No, now I got time. But okay, like, fair. Right. <laughs> yeah, I got plenty of time. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I don't know. Uh, pay attention to it. Seen it before uh, socials because we're going to be posting um, teases on Fridays for what movie's coming up. And then we're going to be posting that movie or that podcast on Sunday and revealing it on Sunday. So Yeah, in the tease, we're not revealing the movie. We are just like our, our trivia we used to do on Movie Drunks. We're doing that in the teases now. So to give you a little... Sneak peek at what's coming and see if you can guess the movie type of deal, you know. Yeah. Something. A fun little activity. A little activity, even though it's not really an activity. It's just a video. (laughs) Just let us know in the comments if you can guess it. Like, you might have guessed this movie, Inception, for the last one, if you guys were paying attention to socials. So, yeah, we always like engaging with our fans, and I hope to see you guys next week. Yeah, for sure. Um, It's been an honor. It has been an honor. Ah!